Hey, welcome into Main Street Sports. They're presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton here on this uh, Preps Thursday edition. We got a lot of prep stuff today. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a good show, but also other guests, which will be exciting as well. Mo, I like the shirt. <laughs> Thanks, all the great, great, great. Uh, Great wardrobe choice today. So, yeah. We yeah. Didn't great, even plan it. Great, great minds think alike. Well, I mean, it, it's huh? perfect. It, it's the perfect weather for this particular outfit. So it's, you know, yeah. we kind of, it, it was, it was, it was not a long shot that this would happen. No, no. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, the in-between season. And so you're kind of looking for in-between gear. So this fits. And what a show we do have planned for you. In just a few moments, we will talk with uh, former Perry County player and coach and also player under Bobby Knight at Indiana, Kirk Haston. He will join us, talk about his experience with Coach Knight, who passed away yesterday. And we'll also talk with Kit Hartsfield as he prepares to take his team west to Decatur County, where they'll take, the river. On, take on the Riverside Panthers out in Parsons, Tennessee. Should be a lot of fun. We'll also talk with David Ubbin of The Athletic. We've got Michigan college football playoffs and a lot of other topics. Even Michigan and college football playoffs. And, 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 and they're intertwining. Right. So yeah. all of that. Uh, looking forward to just talking with him as well as, of course, Terry McCormick, who joins us at the top of the hour to give us your Titans report as they get ready to take on the Steelers tonight. So should be fun. Should be a great show. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Now, without further ado, let's hop in with yesterday's results and today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. The Thursday Rundown is brought to you by Mockingbird Title and Escrow, an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee that will get your deals closed without worry and fuss. A family business that offers the highest level of expertise in the industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. Consider them part of your family. Call 615-274-8698 or visit MockingbirdTitleTN.com today. Results from yesterday, men's basketball, Austin P takes very easy care of Tennessee Tech, 82-43, to 43, the final there. College football action last night is Bowling Green 24, Ball State 21. And how about the Zips? Three touchdowns in the final nine minutes to upend the golden flashes of Kent State, 31-27. to 27. That's, that's a tough loss for Kent Oof, State, up 27-10 in the fourth quarter and lose. NBA action. The Grizzlies continue their struggles as Utah downs Memphis 133-109. to And the Texas Rangers give Will Smith his third consecutive World Series ring <laughs> as the Diamondbacks are shut out against Texas at home. The Rangers finish 11-0 on the road in the playoffs en route to a 4-1 World Series title. 
That's crazy. How about that? That is crazy. Congratulations to the Rangers. No doubt. Thursday schedule in NFL action, as we mentioned, Tennessee is at Pittsburgh. That's a 7:15 kickoff on Amazon Prime. On the ice, the Predators continue their western swing with a stop in Seattle, 9, uh, 9 o'clock puck drop on Valley Sports South. Women's basketball action. Fisk travels to Bethel for a 7.30 tip-off. And in college football tonight, Texas Christian is at Texas Tech. That's a 6 o'clock start on FS1 at 6.30 on ESPN. It's Wake Forest at Duke. South Alabama at Troy, 6.30 on the Deuce and on ESPNU. The Valley, Mississippi Valley State at Bethune-Cookman. That is Top stories brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Looking forward to talking about to them each and every day because it fills my belly. You've got great lunch specials, meat, vegetables, cobblers, and much, much more. We've also got fresh hand-cut meats daily as well, and of course, great fresh produce. All costs plus 10% at the register, so make sure to go see the fine folks at Piggly Wiggly. Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Uh, Mo, our top story is you know, the death of longtime Indiana basketball coach and short-time Texas Tech basketball coach, Bob Knight. Relatively short. Yeah. How long was he at Texas Tech? That's a good question. I don't know that. Um, but Knight had struggled with Alzheimer's and dementia for a time. And can you imagine, you know, the person he was when he was at the top of his game, what that was like for him to deal with? Same with for him with and Pat the folks Summit. around him. Yeah. Same with Pat Summit. I mean, it just you know, I read a story about you know he was a big Cleveland Indians fan, mm -hmm. and I read a story about him uh, being gifted a book about the '48 Indians, and you know he was he was reading it and and. His one of his assistants would would read the the book to him, and he would stop him and talk about it. You know things that he remembered about it, and and that was one of the things that that really gave you a glimpse back or or a connection back with him. You know, if if you were in his circle, it was like talking to to Bob Knight and not a person you were taking care of. You know, it's it's funny because a there's a Riley Green song called Numbers on the Cars, and it's very similar. It's like, you know, he doesn't know anything, but he knows all the drivers in NASCAR by the numbers on their cars. And, you know, that that's one of the issues that you kind of see with with Alzheimer's and dementia patients. So um, it is tough to, to, you know, to deal with that. I've I've not dealt with it personally, but, you know, 
you can only imagine how difficult it can be to, you know, to have someone there physically, but not mentally. Absolutely. Um, I spent 30 years at Indiana. Um, so. Prior to that, <laughs> six years at Army, and after that, parts, well, six plus at Texas Tech before he was dismissed in the middle of the 2007-2008 season. Um, and the word that some people have used to describe him was complicated. <clears throat> I certainly think, yes. Uh, I think complicated is the the easiest way to deter to, to describe how most people feel about Bob Knight. You can't not you can't not say, you know, he was a great basketball coach. He certainly was that. There's no question. But you know, he, he certainly had his his personal issues. And so it's it's a complicated emotion. I think it's I think it's even interesting to call them personal issues because I don't know that he I don't know that he would tell you he had personal issues. I think I think people had issues with him as a person. <laughs> I don't know that he had well, issues. I certainly and, and I think that's part of the complication, I guess. I certainly hope that they do in fact bury him upside down. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the man said he wanted. <laughs> Just honor the man's wishes. But uh, we do have one of his former players on with us now. Yeah. Is, um, State Representative Kirk Haston joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Kirk, it's been a while. It has How are been. You doing? I'm doing fine. I'm actually uh, coming back from a meeting and I'm walking back into uh, the school building here at Perry County High School. So if you'll bear with me, I'll be on a little bit better internet connection here momentarily but i appreciate y'all having me on today no man we appreciate you taking some time um i mean you bob knight was in your life for almost 30 years i guess i mean um and i having played for him you saw all of him i would imagine yeah um i actually I was telling somebody earlier today that uh, my first year at Indiana, I definitely. That's well, he warned us. That's the <laughs> internet connection that is it's switching over. The, there it is. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. So, no, that's okay. We lost you for a second. As um, you warned us. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a good uh, quiet. Uh, internet connection here at the school and I walked in on basketball practice so I'm trying to give me you're probably going to hear a little bit of back hey, that's, that's what we're talking about we're, we're used to it um, but uh, yeah I think um, one of the things that um, I was talking about earlier with some friends of mine is uh, is that we just had uh, we really had we had to take advantage of uh, of a dictionary that first year there and we had Calvert Chaney and it was amazing how many players would come back. And the first thing that they would always say to us, would be 
you know, listen to, uh, um, you know, what Coach Snott is talking about. Not how. And there we go. We lose him? Yeah, we lost him. Um, Hopefully we'll get him back. Yeah, just uh, maybe we can call him. And and hopefully we can get him via audio. That may be the easier option um, with with that. But yeah, you know, going back to what you were saying, it, that is the complication. Is that you know people just didn't like the way that he talked to the them. presentation, <laughs> yeah. which is what Kurt was kind of getting to. You have to kind of filter out how he said it and listen to what he said and. That's not always easy. It's it, as I was listening, a friend of the program, Christopher Gabriel, had John Feinstein on his show a while back. They were talking about how he got into the program in, in order to write a season on the brink. And when after he asked Coach Knight if he could spend some time during that season with him, Mike Shashevsky said, Are you out of your mind? Because I mean, you you really you have to know, um, you have to know exactly what you're getting with with, with Coach Knight. Well, and, and the thing is, I'm not necessarily sure that you knew from day to day what, what you, you were getting. getting. You had to you had to be prepared for whatever happened, and so it is it is interesting. Um, Kirk is back with us. Let's awesome. See. There he is. Oh, Sorry about up, that. My, my no, no, apologies. No. no, man, you're in you're in London, Tennessee. We get it. <laughs> I've been there. Usually, usually, it's pretty seamless. in, in the once I'm in the building, but uh, I think I finally found uh, found a safe haven here at the classroom. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was listening in a little bit of your conversation earlier, and and I guess one of the things I always try to uh, the perspective I try to give on it is is that yeah, Coach Knott definitely had. Um, some some moments and some some actions and some things that that he said that um, you know I don't want to definitely speak for him but I mean I, mm -hmm. I think that he knows that they were some mistakes and some regrets and and um, and the the problem was though is that those mistakes and those accidents and those um, decisions was what was probably promoted and covered 99 percent of the time when it wasn't 99% of the person, it was mm -hmm. probably more of, uh, you know, that, you know, that was probably five or 10% of the person. And, and I just always try to put it in perspective with people as if your worst 5% or 10% of things you've said and done were promoted and written about and documented and made an ESPN movie about and books about, you know, most of the time, you would probably have a little bit of a worse image when people thought about you as well, especially when he really wasn't in the, uh, the spin game of like getting his good works out there and getting his actions out there. And so, you know, one time we, uh, we got beat. I saw Michael red, uh, that was, um, you know, you know, NBA all-star at one point, uh, was played at Ohio state. I went to summer league this summer with my boys out in Vegas and I ran into him, and it's the first time that my kids thought I was cool at all, was that Michael Red knew me, and I knew Michael Red. But anyhow, we were talking about he and Scooney Penn beat us at uh, Bloomington. Uh, they had an incredible team, and they danced on the logo at center court. 
at uh, at Assembly Hall, and it's the maddest I've probably have ever seen Coach Knight, and I've seen him pretty mad a few times. And uh, you know, Ohio State, his alma mater, huge rivalry for him, and we just gave the game away at the end, and and he was mad and and lit us up in in the locker room at halftime, in rightfully or at, at, after the game, and rightfully so. And um, I'll never forget. I leave after you know after that you know, end of the game, I'm going down to the to training room down the hallway to get the tape and stuff off my ankle. And I look down uh, a hallway next to the locker room that we don't use that much, a little kind of emergency exit. And uh, Coach Knott's talking with the father, and he's knelt down on the floor talking to the, the boy that the father has with him. And he has all of this protective clothing on. Uh, he's probably about eight or nine years old. And he had all of this protective clothing on because he was a burn victim uh, that Coach Knott had invited to the game. And, uh, and he was just knelt down there talking with that kid and just giving him all of the time and all the focus and all the positive words that you could imagine. And that was just minutes after a crushing loss where if everybody was watching on TV or maybe heard him in the locker room from outside in the hallway yelling, would have thought, man, that guy's just, you know, he's he's lost his mind. He's listened to how he's talking and everything. But it was it was usually a little bit more controlled and a little bit more of a performance than what a lot of times people realize. Not saying that, you know, some of the time it wasn't, but he 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 never did promote that other side very often. And so I think it's fair to look at both sides. And Kirk, not only did you witness that other side, but you experienced that other side. Um, you know, the tornado that came through Perry County while you were in school up at Indiana that. Um, you lost your mom, and it's my understanding that he almost beat you back to London. That that's absolutely true. Um, my uh, well, the, the the two towns there in in Perry County are, are London and and Lobelville, and mm-hmm. and the high schools in London. I, I I grew up in Lobelville, uh, and 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 when I got back, uh, my granddad had driven up uh, to uh, to give me a ride back from Bloomington. He didn't want me driving uh, after after finding out about the news and. Uh, he came up pretty early and we, we, you know, made the, made the five and a half hour drive home. And when I got to the house, I'd been back at my house, mine and my mom's house for about five minutes when coach Knott and the entire coaching staff walked in right behind me. I mean, they almost greeted me at the door. If, if, I, if, if we just made one more stop on the way in and, uh, and he, he didn't want to, he didn't want to stay in, 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 go to the funeral and, and things. He told me, he said, that's just, you know, that's that type of attention needs to be for, for her and, and for your family. But he, he wanted to come in and, and it was just me and him. And he took me to the, um, the kitchen table where mom and I had done homework and had birthday parties and, and meals and everything. And, and he sat down, it was just me and him. And, uh, and he was just, you know, he, he knew my mom from the recruiting process and her coming up to the games and uh and he knew you know she was a single mom and uh and i was uh, you know i was the only child and so it was it was kind of it was it was kind of us me me and mom and granny and granddad was pretty much our core group and he just said i he said i know what your mom has had to go through as you know a school teacher raising a raising a son and and putting you in the positions that she has to get you where you're at and i I know how tough she is and i know what kind of toughness that you've got to have in you because of that and he, and he was like, "That's what I expect to see uh, when you when you come back to Indiana," and and that sounds that sounds tough, uh, but but I think that that's that's probably 
what I needed to hear at that point. Uh, and, and it was a, it was a big turning point for, for me and, 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 and what I wanted to do with my college career. And, and it was a big turning point for like me and, and the relationship I have with coach Knott. State representative Kirk Haston joining us here on main street sports today, presented by mid Tennessee bone and joint as we discuss um, his relationship with late Indiana basketball coach, Bob Knight. Um, Kirk, a lot of folks probably would have asked you during that recruiting process that you talked about, why would you go play for this guy? So <laughs> 30 years removed, why did you go play for this guy? Well, I was, uh, I had originally planned on going to Vanderbilt. Uh, Van Bredekoff had offered me a scholarship my end of my junior year, and it was uh, an hour away from home, SEC. It was checking a lot of boxes. And uh, for whatever reason, Van Bredekoff rescinded the offer during my senior year. And I never have really heard of that happen a whole lot of other places. But I had the offer taken off the table, scholarship offer taken off the table. And, uh, and so that kind of put me back at square one. Uh, I was ready to commit to Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee had had a lot of early commitments, and so they really didn't have a spot for me. So Kevin O'Neill called Coach Knott and said, hey, I think you should go down and take a look at this kid. I think he might fit well with what y'all do at Indiana. So Coach Knott flies in and goes to Frank Hughes High School, Clifton, Tennessee, to watch <laughs> me play. And um, we've got a pretty good team going that year, and uh, we've got some pretty good crowds following us. And so we're at the game. And uh, I never I never see him. Uh, I'm waiting for him during the girls' game. I never saw him come in. But, uh, but during warm-ups, there's a big buzz in the crowd, and people start leaving the stands and going outside. And later I found out, you know, not really a lot of cell, cell phones back then anyhow. People were going out to the payphone, calling people and saying, you need to get to the gym. Bob Knott is in the gym. And so there ended up being about, you know, two or 300 more people coming in during the first half of our game just because they heard Coach Knott was there. And um, I, I played okay. I had a good first half, uh, but you never know what a coach is looking at, running, jumping, how you pass and move. So he leaves at halftime, and uh, I never saw him. And talked to my coach after, and Coach Slatten at the high school, he hadn't heard anything. He didn't know anything. So I go to school the next morning, still hadn't heard anything. Um, I, I'm in English class after lunch, Miss Ezel's English class, and I get called to the office for a phone call. And... Uh, there's a phone on, off the hook on the principal's desk. I pick it up, and uh, Coach Knott wasn't much for pleasantries. It wasn't, how you doing? How's the family? Came to see you last night. I pick up the phone. He goes, Kirk, I came to watch you play last night. I'd like for you to come play for me at Indiana. What do you think? <laughs> and uh, and hey. so I'm standing in the principal's office at Perry County High School with the biggest, to that point, life, de life decision I've ever made. And I just say, Coach, if you think I can play for you, that's what I want to do. And he said, I'll send you the paperwork. It was about a 45-second conversation. And, uh, and so I hung up the phone, and I walked down the hallway and put a quarter in the pay phone in the lobby of the gym and called my mom, and that's how she found out I was going to Indiana. And, uh, and so I never took a recruiting trip to Indiana. I never met Coach Knott before I committed. Um, but it just felt right and uh, felt like a, a, a place that, that took basketball seriously. And right. I was all seriously. Oh, no. There he is. It's, it's funny because it, 
there are there are very few programs and coaches who can call you and say, "Hey, do you want to come play for me?" And it's almost a no brainer. And it that, sounds that you like say yes. it was a no yeah. brainer. Well, Kurt, I would guess you had to be a little impressed by the fact that he came to Clifton, Tennessee, to watch you play. <laughs> he could find that. Absolutely. Um, I you don't know how many stories have come from that trip. I've had, I've had. State troopers tell me that they were part of the detail and they gave him a ride to the airport. He stopped at this place and got a barbecue sandwich. It's become folk, folk folklore around. Like apparently he made 20 stops along the way uh, through here. But, uh, but yeah, I, you know, I, I told, uh, you know, my granddad was a minister for 40 years and, uh, and he, but he coached basketball at Freed Hardeman, played at Lipscomb. Um, and, uh, and so he was a basketball nerd. And so I thought he was going to be excited. I called my, I went up to my granddad and I was like, Hey, he's like, granddad, I'm going to go play for coach Knight." And he looked at me and the first words out of his mouth were, he sure does cuss a lot. And I was like, well, yeah. And then, then, and then, and then Hoyt Kirk, my granddad and coach Knott became, you know, pretty, pretty good uh, pals uh, when granddad would come up for, for games. I'd look up there after practice and they'd be sitting five, 10 rows up at assembly hall. Just those two, just with their legs crossed talking basketball. And so um, uh, it, it was, it was, he was good to me and my family. Um, you know, it, it was, uh, it was tough. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say it wasn't, but man, I, I just, the, the things that, that I learned about, what real competition was and what it took to be competitive, man, it was just like getting a, a PhD in basketball. Um, and, and then you don't realize it at the time, but so much of that I've been able to apply in other, in other things. And, um, and it's just, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have changed anything. Kirk Haston, former Perry County standout, former Perry County men's boys basketball coach current state representative joining us here on Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Kurt, appreciate you taking some time and um, condolences to you and the Indiana basketball community on y'all's loss. Thank you. I appreciate y'all having me on and having a chance to, to talk about Coach Knight a little bit. All right. Hey, have a good rest of the day. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Kit Hartsfield joins us as, well, we Stay over in that area. There we go. <laughs> because he'll be making a trip that way. He'll have to drive right through there, as a matter of fact. Maybe he'll stop at one of them barbecue joints that Bob well, not I'm stopped. sure there's plenty of them, yeah. <laughs> so, stick around. Kid Hartsfield joins us right after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. 
Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Maurice Patton here as we are getting you ready for high school football playoffs, which start tomorrow night and run into Saturday for one team. Brentwood Brentwood Academy is apparently playing on Saturday. Who knew? (laughs) So, yeah, go figure. But... um, Getting all they can out of that season, huh? <laughs> well, they're on the road, so it may be the other team that's trying to elongate the year. Who knows? But. Wow. But you can hear more about Main Street Murray's coverage area at 6 o'clock tonight on the Main Street Murray High School Football Preview Show, and we'll be talking about the game we're about to talk about now. Mm-hmm. And that is Mount Pleasant heading over to Decatur County Riverside to take on the Panthers and the team that ended their season last year. And to talk about it, we've got Mount Pleasant head coach Kit Hartsfield here on Coach's Corner. Kit, what's up, man? What's up, guys? Uh, thanks for having me. No motivation for tomorrow night, right? I'm sorry, I lost you. I said no motivation for tomorrow night. Oh shoot, man, it's playoff time. You know it's winter, go home. Uh, you know, so you uh, better be ready to play. Uh, you know, there's no reason not to be. It's what you work for. Uh, so here we are. <laughs> um, how much did you have to look at Riverside this week? considering that they were the team that beat you guys in the second round last year. What, what's different about them this time around? Um, you know, they're, uh, they've spread the ball out a little bit more uh, offensively. Um, they, they, instead of kind of leaning on their tailback, who is still there, uh, that 
that kind of blew up in the playoffs last year. Um, you know, they spread the ball around a little bit more. They lean a little bit more on their quarterback option uh, run game. Uh, so really they're trying to just keep from wearing him down and making defenses uh, defend the whole field. Uh, you know, they have pretty much everybody back from a year ago, except for a, a really talented nose guard that they had. I think they returned about 18 starters. Uh, so they look, uh, you know, like they should, you know, veteran, uh, well, old machine. Uh, it looks like they're getting healthy. Uh, right about playoff time. I know they had some bruises early uh, in the season. So, uh, you know, we do, you know, we're familiar with them. Uh, you know, they're, they're familiar with us just from the game last year. Uh, it was, you know, a great game, and it was just like a total war zone out there, uh, just a physical game. And uh, so, you know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of surprises tomorrow between the two programs. You know, kid, as you guys go into this game, finishing up the regular season eight and two, uh, you slipped up over at Lewis County and then you had the um, the shootout loss this past Friday night. I mean, what is what is the mood? Is, is it disappointment at being where you guys are? Is it you, you feel like this has been a pretty good season for you all? What is what's the mood around this team right now? Yeah, you know, uh the mood's great. I mean, you know, we, we hate losing, uh, that's for sure. But, you know, to us, uh, you know, as far as the regular season, going through all that adversity we went through, uh, with guys in and out, you know, and the injuries uh, that we've had, um, you know, we're, we're pretty, pretty pleased, uh, you know, with the outcome on the season, uh, although you want to be first place, uh, you know, like everyone else does, you know, even if we had beaten Loretta and went nine and one, we still would be the three seed going to Riverside. We knew uh, we were going to be the three before the Loretta game, probably. Um, and for us, we just want to go out and, you know, take advantage of the opportunity to get to play football and, you know, be with the brothers, uh, you know, late and with this senior class uh, and just enjoy the game. Uh, you know, they all, they all matter to us and I'm proud of these seniors for how they've really just enjoyed the moments uh, and playing together and, uh, just not taking, uh, not taking it for granted. Kit, you know, obviously you guys have had a, a lot of success this year, but coming off of a loss, uh, a really difficult football game against Loretto, and, you know, you guys haven't had to respond to losses much this year. So how do you feel this team is responding throughout this situation, you know, getting prepared for a, another difficult football game? Yeah, you know, we, uh, you know, we've been in tight situations all season long, even though we've won eight of our 10 games. Uh, you know, we've been in pressure moments. Uh, you know, we took, a, took one on the chin at Lewis County. Uh, you know, and we had to see how we responded to that. And, you know, we went on a streak. Uh, after that game, kind of got back on track, uh, you know, and was close, uh, close last Friday versus uh, Loretta. Um, you know, again, uh, you know, it's playoff time. It's, uh, you know, everyone's got the same record now. Uh, anybody worried about what's happened in the past, uh, you know, that's not going to uh, help them. Uh, you, everybody had to come out and have a good week of practice this week uh, and prepare and, you know, obviously, we have a lot of respect for our opponent, uh, you know, after playing them last year and see what they've accomplished and this year. So, 
uh, we definitely know what we're uh, getting into and our kids have had a good week of practice. It has been amazing watching Darian Mesa this fall. Um, in your time as an assistant coach where you've been, as you, in your time as a head coach at, at Blackman before you came to Mount Pleasant, I mean, have you been around anybody else that is as dangerous with the ball in his hands as Darian has been for you? Man, you know, there's very few uh, you know, that play, you know, his style of ball at receiver and, and in the return game. And that's, uh, you know, George BC at Oakland around the 2013, 14, uh, you know, he went on to play at Mercer, uh, and played corner and receiver and, uh, was a return man for Oakland when I was there. And, uh, Michaelis Elder, uh, was similar at Blackman, uh, very explosive, but, uh, just the consistency at the rate he's been able to do it at, uh, you know, he's got, I believe, 10 career returns for touchdown. Um, you know, it's just at the point where, you know, if he touches it, everyone is just waiting on him to make that play. And uh, most of the time he does, uh, you know, so he's just, he's been dominant. And we see, you know, the work that he's put in. Uh, it didn't just happen overnight. He practices hard. You know, every single day he runs a thousand deep balls a day, it seems like. And, uh, you know, I sometimes joke with the offensive coaches, like, why are y'all sending him down there, you know, 50 times a day? We know he can do that. Uh, but I think that's part of the success, too. Um, you know, so it's just been a pleasure to see, you know, one of your best players be one of your hardest workers and be rewarded for it. And, you know, Kit, um, Friday night, it, it, all the talk about his return game and his speed and that kind of thing. He made a couple of catches Friday night that were stellar catches. You know, it, it's not just once he gets the ball, it's getting the ball. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, he, he if, if we tell our quarterback, if don't take a sack, if you think you're worried, throw it down there and let him go find it. Uh, and he usually does. Uh, he makes contested catches. You know, he called a couple of red zone touchdowns, uh, you know, that weren't deep balls. You know, a, a comeback route, a fade route uh, that he had to adjust to in the air. Um, you know, he's got three interceptions on the season. Uh, you know, I think he leads the team in that, and he only plays defense about 20% of the time because he runs so many deep balls and long runs that he, I really need him his energy you know, exerted on offense in the return game. Um, you know, he's just a ball player. He can do it all. He's tough. Uh, he's one of those that, you know, he'll he'll try to kill you to beat you. Uh, you know, and that's kind of a coach's dream. And, you know, I just think back to, you know, in the summer, you know, he rode his bike to workouts. Uh, he was always a few minutes late, and I'd ask him why. And it was, he had to drop his sister off, uh, you know, at summer school, riding on the back of his bicycle. You know, most kids would use that as an excuse to not even come to summer workouts. So, uh, you know, what he's been able to overcome just throughout his life is uh, unbelievable. Kit, it is always exciting to watch your team play. And it's it's a really unique experience to watch this offense but you guys also have a great defensive front and how important is it to you know 
to play better against this running game than you did last year to get a, to, to get a win. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was rough last week. It's probably the worst game since I've been here, maybe in my career defensively. Um, you know, and it, it was really odd that it was a lot of perimeter runs, uh, too, which is usually what we're best at defending. But anyways, uh, you know, credit to them. They had some really good running backs that were hard to tackle. Uh, but we have, uh, you know, we got to step up to the challenge this week. I mean, we have not seen an offensive line quite like this or a, a running back like this uh, this year. You know, we saw them last year. They were the best we'd seen up front, and they'll be the best we've seen this year uh, as well. So, you know, we got to, you know, buckle that chin strap a little tighter and give them everything we got to slow down the, this running game because, you know, we're going to be outsized a little bit. Uh, you know, the running back is bigger than a lot of our linemen. Uh, you know, and turnovers were a big factor in the game last year as well. They're going to get yards. Uh, you know, my message to them is just get them on the ground, uh, make them snap it again and uh, gang tackle and uh, try to rip the ball out. Uh, you know, feel like when you play a team like this, uh, you know, you're not going to stop them, but you just got to try to contain them and, uh, you know, try to be on the right side of those five or six plays that determine the outcome in a game. Kid Hartsfield joining us here on Main Street Sports today ahead of their round one playoff game at Decatur County Riverside in Parsons, Tennessee, tomorrow night. If you can find it, you can go watch the game. If you can't, you probably aren't alone. So just try to follow the bus if you can. There you go. Yeah. Go, go in behind them. Go the convoy. That'll be fun. Yeah. No, if, but if you've been to Scott's Hill, you You've been by there, so, not yeah. there, so. And, and we've been to, to, to Scott's Hill, Kit, once. Well, y'all, <laughs> y'all yeah, have been to Scott's Hill, yeah. yeah hopefully hopefully it's there again. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, we appreciate you taking time with us, man. Good luck tomorrow night. Looking forward to seeing you, you guys on the field. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for what you do for the local area with the sports coverage. Thank you, sir. Happy to do it. We'll take a break when we come Dude. back. Whoa. We're not taking a break. I'm sorry. You're right. We have hardware. Hardware to hand out. So let's hand out some hardware to the end to win life team of the week. Of course, outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports and custom stone handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. Contact custom stone handlers, 931-490-4990 or customstonehandlers.com. And our team of the week. Our team of the week is the Columbia Academy Bulldogs, who completed a undefeated run through the Division 2A Middle Region to a championship with their, is it 49-14? It's, I've slept since then. They defeated Grace Christian last week. It was on a Thursday night. They did. Bye. And so I've, I've covered games since then. I don't remember the score. I'm pretty sure it was 49-14. It was it, it probably so. At any rate, um, the Bulldogs seven and three on the year that with is, that win, forty-nine fourteen. Yeah, so um, seven and three, the number one seed out of the Middle Region off this weekend will play the winner of Jackson Christian Ezel Harding in next week's playoff action. But they are our custom stone handlers team of the week. The Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Athlete of the Week comes from our friend Kit Hartsfield's team. Absolutely. Nick Brown 
16 of 26 for 410 yards, setting a single game school record. Um, six touchdowns, setting a single game school record um, in that 56-52 loss to Loretta last week. So um, congratulations to Nick. Now we'll take that break when we come back. TWSAA announced the semifinalists for Mr. Football. So we'll tell you who those are right after this on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bar and Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Maurice Patton here with you on this fine Thursday. Getting you ready for high school football playoffs. We'll be picking 10 games later in the show, so make sure to check that out and stick around for it. But uh, right now, we'll talk a little bit about some individual athletes from across the state who have been named uh, semifinalists for the Tennessee Titans Mr. Football Awards. Five finalists in each of the uh, semifinalists. I'm sorry, five semifinalists in each of the uh, nine classes, and of course, five semifinalists in the Kicker of the Year, which is all classification wide. And we'll start, I guess, in Class One A because we have, you know, one guy just over the way, 
that we're familiar with who is in in mix. You're a little more familiar with him than I am, but um, Navy commit Ben Franklin from Cornersville is among the semifinalists and pretty well had to be. <laughs> it would have been real tough to explain. <clears throat> yeah. Um, also, from that region 5-1A, um, Moore County's Dawson White is a finalist. You've also got South Pittsburgh's Jamarian Farrier, Dresden's Cameron Schlicht, I guess. That's as good of a guess as I S C H L I C H T. And South Pittsburgh's Camden Wellington. So the Pirates were two semifinalists. Ben Franklin on the year, 176 carries. 2,184 yards. That's a 12 and a half yards per carry average. Mm. 31 touchdowns in just 10 games. And oh, by the way, does it on defense too. 11 sacks, five forced fumbles, 37 tackles for loss while carrying a 4.0 GPA. Mm. Student athlete. Son. Listen, you're gonna you're gonna have to come at me with something heavy. <laughs> To outduel that now, now I'll, I'll tell you, Dawson White has been very, very good uh, over his career at Moore County, and you know I'm not saying that he's not deserving, but he's you know, and any of those guys from South Pittsburgh, we we already know <laughs> that they have some serious talent over there, but boy. I'm telling you, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna take a lot for me to to get on board with anybody but Ben Franklin. There you go. In class two A, Huntington's Grant Gray Eubanks, Riverside Stone Wallace, Trousdale County's Cole Gregory, East Robertson's Isaiah Groves. Is he a Kentucky commit? Well, that's a good question. He's committed somewhere. And Mount Pleasant's Darian Mesa, he of the 885 receiving yards and 18 total touchdowns. He is a Kentucky commit. Okay. Okay. Um, Mesa also finished second in the 400 last spring in Class A. So multi-talented, but speed is where it starts for him. And... Um, you know, it was a couple of weeks ago that I had Cole Gregory as one of my monsters. Mm -hmm. So, would not be surprised to see that dude do some damage. I think SEC commit is going to carry a lot of weight or has carried a lot of weight in the selection process, probably. Yeah. So and 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 for good reason. I mean, Kentucky doesn't want you if you can't play football. Now, what you do once you get there, and what they do with you once you get there, that's. Um, Middle Tennessee was shut out in Class Three A. Not super surprising, though. I mean, outside of East Nashville, um, there was some. Buzz around Giles County's Kamari Turner. There was a little bit, yeah. 
Kaylin Edwards from Dyersburg, Radarius Jackson from Sheffield, Skyland Smith from Covington, all out west. Gatlinburg Pittman's Whitman Whitman Whaley. It's a good name. And Alcoa's Brandon Winton. I hope Whitman Whaley is like the third or something. I don't know if he's a third, but Brandon Winton is junior from Alcoa. So we got we got juniors named Brandon. We're getting old. <laughs> I'm just saying there weren't a lot of Brandons around like back in the day. Well, <laughs> my son is a Brandon. Thank you very much. I'm just, but I mean that's what I'm saying. But before that, oh, how yeah. did how do you even come up with that name? Like, who was the first person named Brandon? <laughs> it's a weird name. And I don't mean I just mean like it's new. It's a new name. It's not. It's not like you know. Whitman, my, like, like Walt. That's where Whitman comes from. <laughs> In class 4A, Middle Tennessee makes up for its absence in three because in addition to Nick Moog from Anderson County and Carter Smith from Hardin County, you've got Macon County's Gabe Borders and a pair from Pearl Cone, Zeon mm -hmm. LaFrederick Simpson. I think it goes by Zeon. Um, That's a great name. Yeah. And Keyshawn Tarleton. Uh, they got an extra K in here. Not sure where it's not Tarkleton? No, it's, it is not Tarkleton. Oh, okay. <laughs> in 5A. <laughs> Sorry. I hope Zeon goes by like Zram or something. Like the Z, but with a Z. Z. <laughs> Z. Is rhyme? Okay, I'll see what you did. All right. In 6A, um, Henry County's Caden Marshall, Southwind's Kelvin Perkins, Powell's Stephen Souls Jr., and a pair of Williamson County products, Page's Eric Hazard and Centennial's Dominic, Dominic Reed are your 5A. Semifinalists. Class 6A. Hmm. 6A. Talk about SEC commits, not just an SEC commit, but a Tennessee commit. Boo Carter from Bradley Central. And he's pretty dangerous. And at this point, with last week's results, Bradley Central may be the favorite over there. I don't know. You know, better watch out. If there is a Bradley Central Oakland game, and I think at this point it would be in the quarterfinals. Oh, really? Yeah, with Oakland's loss, I believe. Well, how about that? Yeah, that might be a game. I might have to call in sick that Friday night. Well, it's, well I mean, yeah, depending on that, hopefully we'll have somebody playing, but um, if we don't, Thanksgiving weekend or the weekend before that, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know what the what that looks like. Yeah, let's see. Bradley would not play Oakland until the semis. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, my bad. All right. Um, in addition to Boo Carter, you've also got Jerron Johnson from Bartlett, Cordero Walker from Germantown, and Riverdale's Brayton Graham and Oakland's Dwayne Morris. Mm -hmm. So, interesting. In Division 2A, it's 
Monte Baldwin from Columbia Academy, Jalen Mosley from Jackson Christian, Brian Shields from FACS, Eli Wilson from Middle Tennessee Christian, and Tyson Walcott from Friendship Christian over in Lebanon. Okay. Um, D2AA has a pair from Knoxville Webb, Marquise Barrett and Cooper Cameron, uh, Knox Roberts from Davidson, Cruz Law from Christ Presbyterian Academy, and Ty Clark III from Franklin Road Academy. And in D2AAA, you've got Memphis University Schools, Hudson Schof, Baylor's Amari Jeff, uh, yeah, Amari Jefferson, Alabama commit. I think he is, yeah. Um, Macaulay's Carson Gentle, Brentwood Academy's George McIntyre, and Lipscomb Academy's Caleb Beasley. I believe Beasley is committed to UT. And McIntyre is one of the top junior quarterbacks in the country. Uh, kicker of the year. Logan Lewis from <laughs> Logan Lewis from Lexington. There's a lot of L's there. Uh, Roman Mats from Davidson Academy. Knoxville Halls is Owen Taylor. Mount Juliet's Daniel Echevarria. And Tullahoma's Grant Chadwick. So there you go. Those are your semifinalists. The finalists will be announced on November 21st via Tennessee Titans website and social channels. Seven o'clock at seven o'clock central. And the winners will be announced at the luncheon on December 5th following the state championships. Yeah, Mike Vrabel will be involved in the announcement of the finalists, I do believe. That's along cool. with the bot, Mike Keith. So look out for that here soon. No doubt. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Terry McCormick has a has a Titans report, so stick around. Main Street Sports Station presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint. We'll be back after this. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. The top of the hour Titans report with Terry McCormick and Terry has or is obviously proving that today is the first day of the next season 
which is New York. Yankees. That's right. And everybody's zero and zero today, Terry. That's right. It's your Zen Sports Titans report. And yes, it is the first day for the Yankees right here. So We're there you all have zero, it. zero, baby. You know, you know, here's what's funny. <laughs> I almost wore brave here today. Hey, I had, I had, I had a Braves band, Braves gear band from the end of their season until now. So we're, we're open now for, for business for 2024. So, so you're back on the Braves bandwagon. Um, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you can talk about them again. Yeah. I, I've, I've been, I've been sitting here pretty quiet, so <laughs> it, it, it may be about time to get started back up. But Terry, um, on to Pittsburgh. On a short week. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a this is an interesting uh, matchup because I think you know this is a game the Titans can win if they do a couple of things. If they don't make a lot of brutal mistakes, and if the offensive line can hold up and protect Will Levis from T.J. Watt and those other rushers that the Steelers have. If they can do those things, I think they can go into this hostile environment and come away with a victory potentially. And those other rushers, I think, is the biggest concern because TJ Watt is a concern in and of himself, but they've got other guys. And I think um well, didn't they just bring Cam Hayward back? Is is he they got Cam Hayward back for tonight? They just activated him off IR yesterday, I believe it was. Chris Hubbard so is out. He'll be another one that they'll have to contend with. Is Chris Hubbard out tonight? Chris Hubbard is out, so that means Nicholas Petit Ferrer at right tackle and Andre Dillard back at left tackle. So I would look mm. for probably mm. – I don't think the tight ends are going to be involved in the passing game a whole mm. lot, uh, given given that they're having to go back to Andre Dillard at left tackle. I, would look, I wouldn't look for – if you've got Chica Conquo in your fantasy league, might be time to bench him. Good night to sit him, huh? Gotcha. Yeah, I, I would think so. Not that he's not going to play. I just don't think he's going to be a real factor that, since they have to do everything they can to keep Levis upright in order to throw the football. So I may be wrong, but I, I think that's probably going to be the case. There you go. Uh, what's uh, what's it look like for um, for this offense? Do you feel like this is going to be a, you know, because it's cold, you try to run the football and play ball control, or are they going to, you know, give Will Levis the reins? I think they're going to try to do a balance. I mean, you know, this offense is predicated on running the football and then taking the play action shots deep. I think with what they saw out of Will Levis Sunday against the Falcons, I don't think they'll, you know, curtail his ability to throw the football at all. I think they'll still try to move the ball down the field with the pass, but I think it's all predicated on the run because. You guys know as well as I do, they can't have penalties and they can't have, you know, runs that are just shut down so that they're in third and eight all the time. That doesn't work with this offense. you got to stay ahead of the chains, and I think that that's one of the key elements for the Titans to go on the road and maybe pick up their first win away from Nissan Stadium. Should be fun. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, Terry, of course, this is – this is brought to you by Zen Sports, so we do need to tell folks that if they have a gambling problem, they can call this number. That's right, 1-800-889-9789 for gambling problem. Zen Sports, this is your Zen Sports Titans report. We'll come back.
after this with David Ubbin. Talk a little college football. Stick around. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. It's the biggest racing show of the year, Friday through Sunday, November 3rd through 5th at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Six fast-paced divisions of racing on the quarter-mile Friday night. Pole qualifying in three big feature events Saturday night. And the Curb Records Big Machine Vodka Spike Coolers All-American 400 on Sunday afternoon. Racing starts at 6.30 Friday, 5 o'clock Saturday, and 1 o'clock Sunday. Tickets available at NashvilleFairgroundSpeedway.Racing or at the gate on race day. It's the 39th All-American 400 weekend, Friday through Sunday, November 3rd through 5th. Get your tickets now. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today. It's presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia and talking now with the athletics David Ubbin. Plenty of college football topics to broach today, but David, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Um David, I guess the biggest thing going on in college football right now, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is what to do about Michigan. What's going to be done about Michigan? Who's going to do something about Michigan? Or not. What's up with Michigan? Well, I could sign you guys my answer, but I'll just, uh, you know, use like use electronic <laughs> communication to yeah, communicate. Somebody might steal it if you did. So, you know, be careful. Well, the NCAA is not going to do something about this fast enough. That's clear. Um, and I think, you know, Tuesday night, the CFP uh, chairman essentially saying, hey, we believe this is an NCAA issue. As long as they're eligible, we are not going to do anything. Well, that prompted some anger from an already sort of simmering situation, the Big Ten, because the Big Ten conference could do something this afternoon if they wanted to, if they felt like they had enough evidence to do so. But it would be pretty unprecedented. And there's no specific punishment for what Michigan is alleged to have done. And I think certainly there doesn't seem to be a lot of doubt over what Michigan did at this point. Um, and we've talked to enough coaches, I have, my colleagues have, to that, that most of the people believe that this had a significant impact on the quality of Michigan's team. And so new Big Ten commissioner, Tony Petiti, is stuck in a really tough spot here because, you know, obviously you have a situation where you have a conference full of people. It's not just Michigan State. It's not just Ryan Day that's frustrated. It's pretty much the whole league that feels like they were cheated. Um, but you have a rule book that doesn't really say what you're supposed to do. So if you come over the top and you say, hey, they're not going to be in the Big Ten championship game or making them uh, you know, ineligible, well, that's that's a pretty drastic move. Um, and you know, it's not like Michigan can really do a whole lot um, if they're unhappy. Um, but it would be unprecedented. And you have a new commissioner that is still trying to find his way. It's an impossible spot kind of to be in um, because you have sort of, um, you know, a, a Michigan team that broke rules most likely that don't have any specific punishments and a league full of people that are begging you to drop the hammer. 
Um, but there's just no handbook for this. And, you know, Tony Petiti's a TV executive. So, you know, it's, uh, this is, this is new ground. So I don't, I don't envy being a decision maker in here, but I, if I was guessing, I don't think anything's going to happen, but it's, it's moving fast and, you know, we'll, we'll see what Saturday looks like. Michigan's finally going to take the field. Um, you know, uh, as this has kind of picked up steam in recent weeks. You know, when you say you don't think anything's going to happen, do you mean you don't think anything's going to happen anytime soon, or you don't think anything's going to happen? I think the idea that the Big Ten will levy punishment before all of the facts are known, there's a lot of facts out there, um, but I think the idea that the Big Ten is going to come in and, 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 levy punishment before all that, before the NCAA or before any kind of formal investigation. I just, uh, I don't think that's how conferences usually operate. Now this is an unprecedented situation that might require an unprecedented move, but we're just in uncharted waters here and you don't have an iron fist commissioner or a commissioner that has a lot of trust of everybody in the league is a new face. They're trying to figure it out. And this is a crucial situation. You know, Kevin Warren lost a lot of goodwill by the way that he handled COVID um, in the uh, in the Big Ten. And Tony Petiti, for better or worse, how he handles this will influence how a lot of people around the league see him. Well, wouldn't it be in his best interest to <laughs> to shun the one to shun one in order to gain the trust of eleven others? But I that, mean, <laughs> that one though is I understand. I'm just saying that you can you can gain a lot of goodwill from eleven institutions and <laughs> The, in theory, I, in theory, yeah. Because what I read, I read somewhere that it's like when you're a parent, and this is the child that's really kind of paying the mortgage for the house. I mm-hmm. mean, can you really ground them? So can't can't keep them in their room because they got to go to work. And so I think, yeah. I, I mean, how much of is there any? You know, ancillary evidence if, you know, Michigan goes to Penn State and just gets drubbed in two weeks? Well, I mean, I I think there's some questions about what happens if they don't beat the brakes off of Purdue. Sure. On Saturday, you know, they're coming off a pretty solid beating from a a Nebraska team that's improving, but it's still not a great team. A lot of flaws, and Michigan—they hey, control their destiny in the in the West. If, if Minnesota yeah. loses, I think I control my destiny in the Big Ten West. Honestly, <laughs> you're right. You um, but no, I, I I think the reality of the situation that Michigan's in is if they win that game, like twenty three thirteen, it changes the conversation about them. There's going to be a lot of people that were like, "Well, now you can't steal signs." You know, I, I've compared it to, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the American cinematic classic like Mike, but it's a little bit like Lil Bow Wow playing without the shoes, man. You don't have the shoes. You don't have the signs. Are you that great anymore? Fair or not, that's going to be a question. And so it's, it behooves Michigan to uh, win big. I believe they're a 31-point favorite. If they kind of mess around in that game, you know, you could say it's distraction. You could say, oh, you know, everybody gets God at some point, but – the reality is there's going to be a lot of people in the sport saying, ha, see, see, and, I, you know. But the Penn State conversation is interesting as well. David, your your colleague at the Athletic, Bruce Feldman, today, he, you know, he clearly had some sources from inside that Big Ten conference call, and 
People aren't happy up there. Yeah. So, I mean, it, in reality, is this something that, you know, that the Big Ten should do something about, in your opinion, based on what you know and what you're hearing from coaches? Uh, just, just your opinion. Should they do something? There should be some kind of penalty, clearly. What that penalty is is really, really complicated because – you're setting you know, the precedent. I, yeah, I think you asked around coaches. If you're talking about paying kids or, um, you know, breaking any of the other rules that are pretty commonly broken in the sport, there's not the same amount of, like, fury from coaches. I have had some conversations over the last couple of weeks that, like, coaches are, like, foaming at the mouth over this. Um, and they're the ones who would be the so-called experts on the actual on-field impact of this. And the general belief and my colleagues did a, a survey as well on top of that the general belief is that this had a pretty serious impact on their bottom line and made them a better team and so i think that when you ask you know around the big 10 i think they would certainly love for them to ban michigan from the big 10 championship and sort of dare the cfp to put them in you know and say hey well we've washed our hands of this i don't know but it certainly should be punished. But what that is, I really don't. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it feels like maybe banning them from the postseason feels like it's too strong. That that's not really like a postseason ban. That's reserved for pretty serious stuff, and and this is pretty yeah. serious. But like, if the they rule had is to not forfeit to those games, they would not be eligible for the postseason. <laughs> I mean, that's that's part of it too. Uh, it's just. Again, we're in uncharted waters, and I am grateful that I can just write about it. I don't have to make any of these decisions because, like I said, I, I feel very certain that there should be some kind of punishment. But what that is, you know, is that scholarships? Is that something, you know, down the line? I, I feel confident that it's going to be a while for the NCAA. The NCAA is not going to get to anything by the end of the season. But the Big Ten has it within its power to do something, and that's why you're seeing so much pressure privately and, I guess, publicly, you know, from unnamed coaches. You know, Bruce – you know, he knows everybody. So, you know, you know, it's the, there's a lot of pressure on Tony Petit to do something. Um, meanwhile, the Big Ten conference offices is probably just hoping that Ohio State takes care of this, right? Or Penn State in two weeks. You'd better hope that simplifies things a little bit. I'm not sure that's going to be the case. I mean, I'm interested to see them this weekend because I have questions myself about, like, how much did the sign-stealing thing, you know, improve Michigan because the timeline is not convenient for them. You know, uh, I, I have thought the same thing that, that a coach said in, in um, Bruce Feldman's piece with Nicole Auerbach earlier today, the guys on the hot seat, they go two and four in the weird COVID season. And then basically in one off season, they become like a team that's on top of the world. You know, you go to two playoffs this year, they're the betting favorite to win the national championship. I'm not sure if that's still the case, with all the stuff that's happened with them, but you know, they've certainly been absolutely dominant. Um, even though the schedule has been light. And so it's a, it's a fair question. I think of like how much of this is development in your program when you're cheating like this and doing the things that they were doing, you know, I'm not, a. this is why we're asking a lot of coaches. Like I'm not a coach. I don't game plan every week. I'm not in the middle and on the headsets on Saturday. The coach is the ones who can know how much this would affect it and how big of a deal it would be and how much a team could be better. You can say it's sour grapes. You can say it's jealousy, all that stuff. 
We've talked to coaches that are close to Michigan and not close to Michigan. It seems like it would be a pretty big deal, you know, uh, and that's, it's just, there's, that's the thing is the facts of the case seem relatively clear. We hear new things every day. I mean, the, the central Michigan thing brings a bunch of interesting questions because I don't think there's a lot of value at all in him being there. That seems like it's just an unnecessary risk. Um, you know, that game is on television, my guy. You're not like, you know, you're not wearing a fake, you know, mask or whatever. So it's like, that just feels like insane to me that you would risk that. But, you know, it's, I just, I keep coming back to, there is no playbook for this. And <laughs> there really isn't. When you're in this zone, this is what they, you know, this is what they pay you the commissioner to do. Um, you know, I suppose if somebody wants to pay me that kind of money, I would make these decisions, but I'm not envious. <laughs> if, 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 if I were the commissioner, it would be, it, it would, it would be really hard not to do something. Even if it is my first year, I'm just going to have to, you know, you know what? I'm gonna make a decision. And if y'all don't like it, you can pay me to leave, I guess. <laughs> I mean, do you guys, do you guys think they should be banned for the postseason? I'm curious. I, I think they should, I think they should have to, I think they should have to forfeit any wins this season to this point, mm-hmm. whatever that happens, whatever makes that happen. It is what it is. And, and then whatever happens as a result of that, I guess. Um, David Ubbin of the athletic joining us here on main street sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee bone and joint. David, what else is going on in college football? <laughs> well, we might have the SEC West decided on Saturday. We might have the Big 12 completely flip. Um, you know, Texas will be tested without Quinn Ewers. Um, you know, Malik Murphy hosting Kansas State, a really good team that's really hot. Oklahoma going on the road for the last Bedlam game. You know, if those two teams lose that game, you know, there's some serious, uh, uh, you know, things that can happen in the big 12 uh you know for a lot of time a lot of time this season people have been assuming it's just gonna be texas and oklahoma but the big 12's got a five-way tie for first place right now and if you if texas or oklahoma loses that game there's a lot of people standing between you and arlington and i will be down in athens this weekend um checking out mizzou's uh attempt to knock off georgia i haven't seen georgia in person this year mizzou's been one of the surprise teams in the country we'll see if they can push them um, so a lot of really good games this week. Uh, you know, Penn State got to play Maryland. Maryland flirting with letting go of the rope right now. A team that started out five and zero, and you look mm-hmm. down their schedule, and uh, you might want to. A bowl is not a guarantee for that team. So uh, some really interesting football happening. What happens if LSU does beat Alabama? Well, it's it's Jaden Daniels will be the first quarterback since Drew Brees to beat uh, Nick Saban two years in a row. Uh, I, I think LSU would still have to kind of prove it and keep winning some ball games. That at the end of the day, uh, I'd have to double check. I think they would still be a game behind. Uh, they would, Alabama but, but there would be a three-way tie between them and Ole Miss. Yeah, so it would open things up quite a bit. Um, I think I suspect that we're going to see an Alabama team that really takes advantage of a beat-up. Not very good LSU secondary. I think Bama wins that game big. Um, but they've kind of messed around. They've played really poorly in the first half quite a bit. Uh, you know, obviously Texas outplayed them for 60 minutes. But you look at the, their sluggish against A&M. They got their butts kicked in the first half against Tennessee before they kind of snapped in the second half there. And uh, this Bama team is really interesting. I am willing to sort of throw out the USF thing. I think they were trying to figure out what the story was with their quarterbacks. And the idea that you just wouldn't play Milrow 
you hear a lot of interesting theories about why that is, but <laughs> the way this offensive line is played, you know, it's, it's, uh, Milrow seems like the guy and they've kind of tailored their offense around him and, and they have, they have really thrived in the last few weeks. David, I'm going to ask you a question because I'm going to ask Mo the same question. You guys have been around the Tennessee program for, you know, you were there for, for several years in the, you know, in the nineties and, and David, you were around it for a long time before going national with the athletic. And I read a, a poll on Twitter slash X earlier today. And it got me thinking is Tennessee is, is Danny white the best athletics director in the last 30, 40 years at Tennessee. Think about the success that he's had across all sports, hiring coaches and the success that the program has had. The, I mean, all in all, is he the best athletics director that Tennessee's had since, I don't know, I was born, 86? Well, see, here's the deal. I thought best since Doug Dickey, but when Doug Dickey was AD, they had – split men's and women's athletics departments actually okay. and joan cronin was running things on the women's side okay. and doug dickey was the the men's coach uh ad and at that point basketball was not great so i mean i think under their current structure i think it's that's a no-brainer that he is i mean who else would it be now you know maybe maybe david can offer some more or better insight because he's been closer to the program more recently than I was, but I don't have a lot of insight. I mean, I don't go back that far Tennessee in terms of being able to speak to ADs, but I do, you know, uh, at the end of the day, if you're the guy that fixes football <laughs> after 15 years, you're always going to get a lot of credit for that. And I think too, like making a hire that is panned might be strong, but sort of like eyebrow raising of like this guy, like really? And then it ends up working. I think you get a lot of credit for that because you you put your you put your you put yourself out on a limb. Like I remember the night that Josh Apple was hired. I remember talking to people in the coaching profession and around Tennessee. There were no plans for a parade. I can tell you that. <laughs> and all they've done since then is win a whole bunch of ball games. I will tell year. you there might there might have been a lot of people moving in the same direction, but it would probably would have been somebody getting run out of town. You know, yeah. more so than a parade. So yeah. And you're sitting here, and I hear a lot of complaints about Tennessee, and this looks like a team uh, cruising to an eight or a nine win season. And people are like, "What's wrong? Are we, you know, everything's falling apart?" It's like I don't know. They look pretty competent, and they've missed in the portal. You know, Dante Thornton has not been setting the world on fire. Joe Milton has come very short of what I think the staff would hope that he has been, and the defense has improved. Um, but and you have Brew McCoy, who's supposed to be your number one receiver, who suffers a terrible injury. And like Tennessee's still fine. Like and they're probably not going to win the East again. You know they're probably not going to win the East this year. But like they're still a pretty good team. Um, yeah. And that is not something that we have seen. You know one or two things go wrong for this team in the last 10, 15 years, and all of a sudden you're in five and seven land. And the floor for this team seems very, very high. And that there is real value in that. And it just mm -hmm. you're coming along at just a time where it's unfortunate that you're sharing a division for one more year now with the class of college football and you can't control that and, and, well and, and you've you've had to play alabama every year 
forever. Mm -hmm. So, and obviously for the last 15 years, they've been the class of college football and you had to play both of them, both Georgia and Alabama. So it's, it is, but it is interesting because, you know, there was, the question was, do you approve, strongly approve, strongly disapprove, et cetera, the, the whole range of Danny White's tenure at, at Tennessee. And I don't think you could say anything other than strongly approved based on, you know, what he's been able to do with fundraising, the, you know, everything that's going on around Neyland Stadium, uh, all of the improvements are around the campus and obviously the guy who fixed football. So mm -hmm. Danny White has been not a, necessarily in that order, because, yeah. again, like like David <laughs> said, when you when you are the guy who fixed football, that's what it is. See, it's it's impressive. And, and yeah. so if you want to build all this stuff up and add to the add to the finances and do all this stuff, but football still stinks. People are still going to run you out of town and they're going to say, oh, he's more concerned with the pocketbooks. Than the yeah. win-loss record. That's just what it is. I've seen it time and time again. Well, I, I'm I for one as a Tennessee fan, I'm glad to have Danny White in our corner. I think he's been a fantastic breath of fresh air. And, and if you don't strongly approve right now of Danny White, you are. I, I need to hear your reasoning. Because I, I, I don't want to hear your reasoning. <laughs> your name, your last name may be Haslam, and that's it. Uh, <laughs> so, or, or Pruitt. There you go. Perhaps. Yeah. David, yeah. as always, man, it's always a pleasure. We appreciate you you bringing some insight and and talking through this Michigan thing with us. I think it's it's, it's obviously going to continue, and certainly Saturday is going to either help or hurt the the narrative <laughs> that we've all kind of gotten to. But we appreciate very you interesting time. ball game. Thanks, guys. Oh. Appreciate it. Nice all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we pick five of the most intriguing high school football games from around the mid-state and 10 total before the end of the show. So stick around. Main Street Sports Day is presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. 
Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Maurice Patton here with you on this Preps Thursday. We've talked with Kit's, Kit Hartsfield. We've told you who the Mr. Football semifinalists are, and now we're going to pick some high school football games. No. Round one of the playoffs. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. So yeah, let's um, let's get started as I have to get our article pulled up. So you know who you picked. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you can follow along at MainStreetPreps.com, MainStreetMurray.com, and see, you know, how we did last week, how we've done this year. No, you don't want to see that. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you want to start? We'll start with Stratford at White House Heritage, Friday at 7 o'clock. All of these should be Friday. Is the Brentwood Academy it, game in here? I didn't realize that was a Saturday game, and I don't understand why. Buddy, I, your guess is as good as mine, but you'd They're have to call at Briarcrest. Briarcrest. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know. Hmm. But White House Heritage hosting the Spartans of Stratford. The Spartans of Stratford featuring... First-year coach Anthony Law and his Louis Vuitton, former Beach quarterback Justice Law, who had a really nice senior year playing for his dad, coming off of a um, junior season that wrapped up for him in the Class 6A state championship game. Um, I thought a little of that success would rub off on this Stratford team. I think it has. And I think a little of it will rub off on this Stratford team on the road tomorrow night. I'm taking the Spartans. Yeah, this is a, I think this is a toss-up game. Um, I think both teams could certainly win it, uh, which is, you know, the tough part in picking it. This is a 2-3, right? This is a 2-3. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, in these type situations, I typically go with the home team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to go with the home team and go with the Patriots of White House Heritage and Bronson Bradley. 
It's never a bad pick to go with Bronson Bradley. There you go. All right. Tullahoma hosting Nolansville. The question here is, does Nolansville have its quarterback? I don't believe they do. And if they don't, then I feel real good about my pick. Yeah, because um, Paige handled Nolansville pretty good last week as the Knights were without their quarterback. Yeah, and, and it was 45-14, the final score there. 17-14 uh, win over Summit two weeks ago when they lost their quarterback. And so, you know, and and this is not a dig on Summit, but Nolansville to that point probably it had been rolling. Yeah, you know, outside of a three-point loss to Centennial, were absolutely rolling. And so, you know, you kind of felt like maybe, you know, maybe that quarterback going out was the big issue. And I think if he's not back, then I feel comfortable telling you that the City Cats of Tullahoma will take advantage and take down the Knights. Yeah, I, I think I like Tullahoma in this matchup. They are, I feel like they've been playing pretty well with the exception of, obviously, that shovel loss last week, which I expected. So um, I think they bounce back here. We go now to the... One of the more interesting games, hmm. as Riverdale coming off of a massive win, massive win in the Battle of the Borough over Oakland to take the region title. Green Hill comes into this one off a 35-3 to win against Mount Juliet in a rivalry game. I would tell you that the Green Hill win over Mount Juliet and the way they did it, like you said, 35 to 3, is more massive than Riverdale converting a two-point conversion on a tip pass in the end zone and to win 25-24. And the fact that they were awarded a touchdown on a catch that most certainly was not a touchdown, and if there were replay in high school football, would not have been a touchdown. Okay, I can't tell you that because I don't know anything about that. Well, essentially, kid catches it, falls on his butt, uh, bobbles it, catches it, secures it, but he's out of bounds. Okay. And so I'm just saying that, yeah, you know, there, there's, there's some folks out there. <laughs> I don't think any of that's going to matter, though, because I think Riverdale is good enough to beat Green Hill the way they're playing right now. That 35-3 win over Mount Juliet notwithstanding, this team was kind of sputtering over the second half of the season. Two and three in their last five. Mm -hmm. And But why I, I, is the real question. And I don't know enough about I don't know enough about Green Hill to know. I don't know enough about Green Hill. I don't know enough about Mount Juliet to know why they lost two in a row. Including one two previously winless Franklin. So by a combined score of Sixty-three to ten. So it really, really makes you question that Mount Juliet situation. Yeah, that, and I, I put a feeler or two out on that and couldn't come up with anything. I don't know what's going on with Mount Juliet. Don't know what's going on with Green Hill, but I do feel like Riverdale wins this ball game, particularly at home. I've got Riverdale as well, and so Warriors advance 
Um, let's go to Ravenwood. Mm -hmm. They host Stewart's Creek. The Raptors and the Red Hawks. That's, this should be. This is a really good. This is uh, another two-three. This is a solid uh, logo matchup. <laughs> one, yeah. of, one of my favorites here. Um, yeah, you know this is this is a game that you know coming off of the the loss to to Brentwood, Ravenwood certainly feels like you know they have some some things to prove some scores to settle Maybe, as it were perhaps yeah. and so you know you don't you never want to be in that situation against will hester yeah and you know as we talked to him a couple of weeks ago um i guess last week heading into the battle of the woods um this is a team that does not boast a lot of star power this ravenwood team but they played some pretty good ball um, they've lost three games to Alcoa, to Oakland, and to Brentwood. Um, None of those losses, anything to show. I mean, uh, Alcoa only lost one game, and that was to Maryville. Brentwood's undefeated, and Oakland's one loss in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. It's to Riverdale. To, to Riverdale. Yeah. So, so tough schedule. So I say all of that to say I like Ravenwood in this one um, by double digits. I too like Ravenwood. I don't have it quite that big of a spread, but I, I mean, no, I really just put numbers there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I didn't pick eleven this time. Less concerned with the score than the outcome. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, finally, before we take. Our final break, Nashville Christian at Providence Christian. This is an interesting game because Providence Christian in their first uh, playoff appearance. Mm -hmm. And Nashville Christian, talk about teams that have sputtered in the second half. They, they, they seem to have struggled a little. You know, I saw them a few weeks ago at home against Columbia Academy. And... Jeff Brothers, after the game, kind of made some comments that I've, I've not really heard him make. He, he was kind of despondent, I guess, maybe even just with regard to the mindset of his team, I think. But... um. Yeah, they've got a lot of talent, and no question. And, and it's easy to see, and it starts with the quarterback, Jared Curtis, um, the sophomore. And I think in this game, the talent will be enough to advance. Uh, what's down the road for this team, I don't know, but but I think they get past Providence Christian. Yeah, I think I absolutely agree with that. You know, Providence Christian has had a fantastic year in, you know, is this their first year? I think it's uh, their first year of 11 maybe. Well, you know, got a couple of interesting wins, to say the least. Um but but yeah, you look at you look at games against teams that where you know we know 
where the, the cream is in Division Two. You know, 42-3 loss to DCA, 41-3 to Friendship Christian, 41-0 to MTCS. It's, you know, when you get up against teams like that, and Nashville Christian is one of those teams' four and six record, with notwithstanding, very talented football team. I'm going to go with the Eagles. All right. All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, five more games, including the game of the week, which is Independence and Smyrna. So stick around. Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Back in a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in. More high school football pick them here as we are in round one of the TWSAA playoffs, Mo. Cannot believe it's playoff season. Time flies when you're having fun, right? It feels like playoff weather right now. But it's supposed to feel better tomorrow. At least a little bit, I hope. I, I, I'm, I'm not ready for no. cold football. No, I, I, don't, I don't love it. I mean, favorite. I don't necessarily mind going out in the cold and getting back inside, but going out in the cold and staying, staying out in the cold. Yeah, no, I'm not ready for that yet. Yeah. Well, let me stop lying. I'm never ready for that. No. And, and so that's hopefully going to, ho- hopefully this is just false winter. And and fall returns next week. Yeah, and when we can get to basketball season before it gets it's cold. Ridiculous. Where I'm inside. Exactly. Yeah. We'll start this segment in Murfreesboro as the Patriots of Oakland host Gallatin 
the green wave coming into town on Friday at seven. <laughs> I'd be interested to know what Kevin Creasy's record is after losses. Gosh, that's a, because, I mean, there have not been very many of them. Well, that's the thing is for the years that – I'm sure they started 1-0 all those years after they lost to Maribel in the playoffs. And so, yeah, it, it, it's probably pretty good. And it's probably going to get better this week. I dare say. I mean, I, I think even the way that Riverdale game played out, I think it's still going to be a motivational point for that coaching staff and for those kids. And and I think Gallatin might just be in the wrong place. At the this wrong time. is an unfortunate situation for the Gallatin Greenway. <laughs> it just is. You know, if this game were in Gallatin, maybe there's there's something to be said. But I just, I, I mean, Oakland is is certainly going to take some frustration out. I think. That, I think that could very well be the case. So, Look for Oakland to win there. Mount Juliet, this is the other game in that. Uh, so the, the winner of Gallatin-Oakland will play the winner of this one. That's Rockvale at Mount Juliet. Mount Juliet coming off a pretty tough loss to Green Hill. Maybe, maybe they were resting folks over the last couple of weeks. They were, you know, were not maybe staying vanilla, trying to – because they already had the one seed wrapped up before the Franklin game. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe Trey Perry had some, you know, some week 18 vibes about him. I don't know. I don't know. But 35 to 3 tends to leave a little bit of a mark, I think, regardless of what the intentions were. Now, that said, Rockvale has really had some ups and downs this year. I think, they, think they're dealing with some injuries. Yeah, they, they, they've struggled and, and they've not been healthy at all. You know, they've not been 100% healthy at all this year. They're not healthy right now. Rockville is in a is in a tough spot. I think Mount Juliet wins this game, but I don't know by – You've got to win it by more than I do. I don't know that, it, <laughs> I don't know that it's going to be a convincing victory just because, again, Franklin and Green Hill – kind of leave you wondering where this Mount Juliet team is right now. Yeah. And now if Mount Juliet were to win, they would get to host Oakland in the next round. So, because there would be the one C and Oakland's at two. So that, I mean, that's kind of some old school football right there when those two get together. So I'll be interested yeah. to see this one, but I think Mount Juliet does get the win. This next game may be one of the more intriguing matchups, especially when you talk about ones and fours. Collierville comes to Clarksville, 10 and 0 Clarksville. Mm -hmm. Collierville, the number four team out of that region in the Memphis area, but over the last couple of years, that region has shown its muscle they really against flex. Williamson County. They really flex against Williamson County and some pretty good Williamson County teams. And So don't get too comfortable if you are a wildcat. I just don't know that Collierville is the four seed that you want to see if you're undefeated Clarksville. <laughs> I think it's probably the last four seed you want to see if you're undefeated Clarksville. Yeah, this, this did the Wildcats no favors, and I'm really – 
fearful for Isaac Shelby and his team that all the good stuff that took place for them this fall comes to an end tomorrow night. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Clarksville here. I think that I think they've got some. They've got the momentum. They did not have a very good first half against Rossview, but turned it on in the second half, and I think that's the team that that's going to show up on Friday night. So give me the Wildcats to keep going at least this week against well, Carrierville. I, I will tell you that if there's a game that I and the would least not confident. be bothered by being wrong about this would probably be it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm the least confident about this one. I'm gonna be honest with you. This is this is a game I'm not super confident about. So. Got a couple games that are in our coverage area. We don't get a, we don't get a chance. So we, we 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 taped our Main Street Murray show. Uh, just FYI, uh, we didn't get a chance to really dive into either of these because we were surprisingly rushed with time. Mm -hmm. So we've got a little time now. We can mm -hmm. talk about it. We do. Summit goes to Antioch in a very interesting matchup. I don't I wonder if these two teams have ever played. Hmm. I don't. would look it up, but I can't. So don't. Not touching it before the internet goes out on us and we're in, you know, Dodge terrible rates. trouble. So yeah. um I don't know that they have played. I mean, Summit is only yeah what twelve, 12 years, years old. old. So, so and and I will tell you what's that. There is an interesting little tidbit here. Um, Summit receiver slash linebacker, maybe defensive back Cooper Feltz is the son of former Antioch quarterback Eric Feltz. Okay. There's they have not played. This will be the first time that they have matched up. Yeah. That makes sense. That's an interesting little storyline. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it somebody should go sit next to Eric tomorrow night. Just and see see who he's rooting for. Yeah, just listen. <laughs> yeah. I you know, this is this is a game that I'm I'm really intrigued with because Antioch has certainly had its struggles this year. Summit's had its struggles, but Summit has been really good in the second half of the season. They've been good in the second half of the season. I think they've grown up some in the second right. half of the season. I think they kind of settled in, kind of figured some things out, that kind of thing. You have to really buy in to this Brian Coleman offense. Obviously, what we saw with the Wades and that group of talent that they had you know, a couple of years ago, the offense was a little different, but Brian's kind of back to running Brian Coleman offenses. Three yards in a cloud of dust. And, 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 and you gotta you got to buy in. And sometimes it's hard to buy in when you're playing 6A opponents and they're out there running shotgun spreads and throwing it around, and you're like, why can't we do that? <laughs> like, listen, trust me. Because trust we, the because, process. Because we don't do that. <laughs> trust the process. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, made the quarterfinals of the playoffs doing it. Now, the thing is, they can throw it around. Sure. They've got the folks. I mean, Dylan Pierce, again, Cooper Feltz, they've got guys they can throw it to. Um, you know, McElhaney has come on in the passing game, I think. Um, 
And, and he's much more dangerous with them legs. They will hit a wheel route with Dominic Hollis as well. Dude, that, that wheel route has been a staple of the Brian Coleman offense for a long time. Yeah. It was disgusting when it was t- uh, Ty, Ty Carter. Mm-hmm. Gosh, he used, to make, he used to make people look silly. And Dominic Hollis has that ability. Mm-hmm. So. so That being said, I've got Summit winning. I think it's going to be a good football game. Yeah, I'd agree with both of those. I've, I've got Summit winning. I think it's going to be a pretty good football game. Um, I'm interested to see how, you know, Antioch in their first year, first or second year, I think it's Devin Arnold's first year, mm-hmm. the Bears coach, you know, just to see how they hold up against, you know, a, a Williamson County team with some depth. It. Uh, he was there last year. Was he? Okay. According to this. Okay. Then this is his second year. It, it was either his first or his second year. Yeah. So. Warmer Lipscomb assistant, I believe. There you go. For what that's worth. Independence goes to Smyrna. First time in, what did you say, four years? Since 19. Gosh, it just doesn't feel like that. <laughs> it does feel shorter. This is your Main Street Preps game of the week. By the way, it is in fact. This is one versus four. Smyrna, the region five six a champion, coming in at six uh, six and four. Independence, the number four seed out of region six five, uh, six six a. Excuse me, coming in at five and five after that thirty two seventeen loss to Summit last week in the border battle. You've seen Independence at least once. Is it just once? Just once. But defensively, That's they where probably they make their money. Mm-hmm. They make their they make their bones on defense and and with great linebacker play. And then getting just enough offensively. Well, Luke McNeely on offense is you know it, it, offense kind of runs through him and and, and his legs. I mean, he's got to be successful running the read option. He's got to be successful, you know, in the short intermediate passing game. He's not going to hit you deep for a whole lot. So this is this is going to be a much different independence team that Matt Williams is facing this time versus the one he faced the previous five times he's lost to them. <laughs> he's 0-5 is Matt Williams against mm. against independence. Uh, mm. But <laughs> Just been beating the hell out of everybody else. Everybody. He just <laughs> it is just an unfortunate situation. The only coach in Smyrna history to beat Independence is Philip Shadowins, a 46 20 win in 2007. You know who was on that team? Who was on the 07 team? Or the Smyrna team? No, yeah, the Smyrna team. The, the, the quarterback? Future Atlanta Brave, Sonny Gray. That would be cool. <laughs> um, Smyrna might have won state championship that year. Well, there you go. That being said, Independence goes over there coming off a tough couple of losses. Had a chance to be the the one seed losing before losing to Brentwood mm-hmm. and then Ravenwood. <laughs> Summit. Yeah. Sending them all the way down to the four seed and that being said, they did have they did not have Luke McNeely against 
against Brentwood. That's the game they lost 28 nothing. Did have him against um, Summit, but again, maybe getting his legs back. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. I've got I've got Independence winning. I've got him winning by a point. And I think it's going to be. I think it is going to live up to the game of the week moniker. I've got them winning as well. And that 2007 Smyrna team did win a state championship. There you go. So. That's what it took for Smyrna to beat Independence. If in, well, if they beat Independence, they got to feel good about their chances in Class Six A. Right. right. <laughs> last time you played them, or last time you beat them, you won a state title. So hang there you on, go. Hang on, just go a second. I wonder who's on this. Uh, which I mean, that wasn't uh, that was in the was that in the finals? I believe it was. It was in the finals. <laughs> That was the state That's what I was looking up. Yeah. That was the state championship game. So there you go. I didn't realize the the F was there for finals until just now. <laughs> so there you go. Man, what a great show. If you missed any part of it, go back and watch it because we had a fantastic interview um, with former Indiana standout and current Tennessee State Representative Kirk Haston to start the show. Kit Hartsfield joined us as well on Coach's Corner. David Ubbin was fantastic, as always, talking Michigan and other things in the world of college football. And, of course, tonight, Titans, Steelers, Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. Tomorrow's, we'll pick some college football games. We'll visit with, who do we have tomorrow? Oh, good Lord. See, you wouldn't put me on the spot. I know I could. I, I had off, off the top of my head. I, I knew who who we who we were supposed to have, but we do have two great guests. Well, we've got Teresa Walker. That's right. Teresa's going to join us. But to I don't remember. Titans. Yeah. And um, gosh, that's going to bug me. It's going to bug me too. We better figure out who it is to make sure we <laughs> we got them. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. We will come back tomorrow. <laughs> For a surprise guest. It'll be a surprise to you and us. (laughs) We'll just see who calls in. (laughs) Anyway, this has been Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. You guys have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock.